Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here are your hosts, Price Atkinson, Steve Carney, and Mike Lovell. Episode 4 of Yards and Stripes Army, Navy, and Air Force, your home for Service Academy Football. I'm joined by Mike Lovell, Steve Carney, and I am Price Atkinson. Appreciate you investing with us tonight, today, this morning, wherever it is, whatever time it is, whatever day it is, as you are listening to episode four of Yards and Stripes, your home service academy football. We got a couple games to recap. We got some games, game balls to give out. We're going to preview this weekend's two games. We got a big guest this week, guys. Army head coach Jeff Munkin. We spent a little bit of time with him. We will bring you that interview as the Black Knights they get the first taste of victory. We're going to get into that here in just a second. But first, before we do, before I welcome in my co-host, let me tell you about BetUS.com. With the college football season underway, folks, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. Did you know that BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely? Well, we want you to go with BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have with our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. You'll receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Let me explain. Put $100 in, get an additional $125 to play with, $200 initially deposited, gets you $250, and so on. Guys, it's that easy. And BetUS also has the NFL. MLB postseason coming up and soon the NBA doesn't get any better than that as well as almost any other sport you can think of or can wager on regardless of the sport we want you to be with us all season long on betus.com check them out at betus.com and remember our 125 percent match bonus for initial signups with our promo code coast 22 betus you bet you win you get paid and yes we are part of the college Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network this season. Gentlemen, welcome in tonight. Got a lot of exciting things, especially the time we spent with Coach Jeff Munkin from the Army Black Knights. How are y'all doing this afternoon tonight? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I was excited uh, to to talk with Jeff Munkin uh, earlier today and and bringing this out. I, you know, that's a that's a club and a squad that is very very excited going into their bye week, and they've got a a good opportunity here to kind of refresh and, and regroup and and look at what's coming up on their schedule because their schedule gets a lot more difficult than Villanova this week. I know we'll talk about the Wildcat game uh, in West Point here in just a bit. Mike, I could hear the excitement in your voice as a West Pointer. I could hear the excitement as we talked to Coach Munkin a little bit earlier. Yeah, it was a good day for the Black Knights on the Hudson. Kind of got back to Army football. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought Villanova was going to come in and, and push the or threaten the Black Knights, a really good FCS team. But Army got back to what Army does, and they controlled that game uh, from about midway through the second quarter to the end. So, yeah, it was good to see Army get back on uh, get back on track and, and execute their game plan and do what they do so well. A great weekend uh, up at West Point. We talked with Coach Munkin about that in a lot more coming up in the just very shortly one of the next segments. But first, let's go ahead and recap both games we had Navy reminder was off last week and they did not play probably a good thing for them 0-2 needing the bye week to get things together but let's get to the action and it started on Friday night gentlemen 
And who saw this one coming? Wyoming in Laramie at home hosting the Air Force Falcons. The Cowboys get a 17-14 to win over the previously undefeated Falcons. Air Force drops to 2-1, and 0-1, oh with that being the Mountain West Conference opener for both teams. Wyoming now 3-1. and one. Air Force got the first lead of the game, guys, with just 9.58 left on the clock, a 41-yard touchdown pass from Hazi Daniels to Cade Harris. But the Falcons couldn't hold that 14-10 advantage as Wyoming, an eight-play, 75-yard drive, ending with a five-yard touchdown run by Titus Swin, who finished with 102 yards rushing. The Cowboys would not cough up that lead as Air Force got the ball back one last time, three and out, punted it to, Air Force, or to Wyoming, and they ran out the clock. It was game, set, match. It was an upset. I think you got to call it that. Mike, what was your take? Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of a weird game. Most of this game was played between the 20s in the middle of the field. If I told you coming into this game that Air Force would not have a single penalty in the game, it would not have a single turnover in the game, and Hazik Daniels would add 101 passing yards, you would think the Air Force would win this handily. They didn't. Uh, Wyoming did. Wyoming kind of did what Air Force normally does. They controlled the pace of play. Uh, their defense held the, uh, Brad Roberts in check. Uh, Brad Roberts only had 54, 16 carries for 54 yards. They shut down the middle exactly what Coastal Carolina and UTSA did with Army. They clogged up the middle. They forced Air Force to go outside, and they kept Air Force outside of the red zone. So it was it was kind of a strange game. Not a lot of energy or life to the offenses like i said most of the game was played uh on the on the uh, minus side of the field for both teams so it was just kind of a the air force was off this game and it's a shame because with that one conference loss that puts them behind the eight ball uh with, with some of the other teams in the, in the mountain west and, and they're going to have to probably win the rest of their conference games if they want to make it uh to the conference championship yeah i i agree with you mike and this game was the equivalent of, in hockey, the neutral zone trap. It was a very boring game to watch, especially that first half, especially if you're not a, uh, if you're not a Wyoming fan. When, when the Cowboys get up 10-0 and the way things were going, you were thinking that 10-0 was probably going to be enough to win that game. And I give a, a ton of credit to Coach Calhoun and the offense for getting things kick-started in the second half and you go from down 10 nil to up 14, 10 uh, with an opportunity to be able to try and close things out. If your defense can hold, unfortunately the defense doesn't hold and the Cowboys are able to go down and give credit to Titus Swen. I thought Swen was probably the best player on, on the, on the field for both teams. You saw him go for 102 yards. He ends up with the game winning touchdown. Uh, I really do think though, yeah, that was a slog in the mud uh, and was probably uh, one of those games that you would expect to have seen in 1922, not 2022. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the defense for Air Force. Not a single sack in the game. Not that Wyoming aired the ball out, 23 attempts, but not a single sack and only two quarterback hurries in the game is Air Force's two-game win streak in the series snap while they're now winless in their last four trips to Laramie. Uh, you mentioned uh, Hazik Daniels, 101 yards passing. Air Force, which led the country in rushing yards per game as a team, 508 yards held to just 171 in the game. They dropped now to 396 
They go from 508 to 396 average. They're still number one in the country, but boy, that took a hit when you only rushed for 171. Uh, but but definitely an upset is Wyoming upsets Air Force 17 to 14 there uh, in Laramie. All right, let's go to West Point. We you mentioned it. Uh, Jeff Munkin's going to talk about it. The head coach of the, the Black Knights here in just a few minutes. But the Black Knights 49 to 10 over Villanova uh, out of the FCS, ranked number five in the FCS. Jeff Munkin now the second winningest pro, uh, coach in program history with a win. But the more important uh, tally than that, I think, and Coach Munkin will tell us is, look, it was their first win of the season. They finally got the taste of victory after an 0-2 start, Mike. Yeah, like I said earlier, you know, Army getting back to Army things. They only had one pass attempt the whole game, an incomplete pass. So they had no passing yards, 472 total yards, all on the ground, like I said, uh, winning the time of possession. Uh, they they kind of sputtered to start the game, kind of a little bit of a slow start. But then in the second half, Tyson Riley, uh, there was a key moment in the second second drive of the, of the second half for Army where it was like third and two, third and three. And if you're Villanova, the score was 28-7. You're thinking, hey, we're still in this. We got a pretty good offense. If we can get a stop here, they punt, we might be able to get back in this game. Tyson Riley put about five uh, Wildcats on his back and went about five yards for the first down. And there's always a point in an Army win when you look over the other side, you can just see the soul come out of the team because they know that they know that Army has kind of uh, uh, constricted the game like a boa constrictor. And you, when you know you've taken your last breath, and that was that moment early in the second half. So it was t- typical Army, uh, Tyson Riley coming in for an injured Jacoby Buchanan, having 158 yards on 21 carries, plus that key third down conversion. Army pulls away, scores 21 more 21 more points in the second half after that for, for a very solid 49-10 win. They look like they get back on track. The only concern I have coming out of the game, Army still with seven penalties for 80 yards. That's got to get cleaned up. They've had penalty issues all three games this season. Steve, what about you? Yeah, you know, I looked at at this game and I think we all believed that this was going to be the first win of the year for the for the Black Knights and and the, you got back to army football. I mean, we joked last week that uh the the game against UTSA was like a sunbelt audition or a whack audition. There was so many passing yards for the Black Knights. You want to get back to core principles when it comes to army and that is ball on the ground you want to make sure that you're grinding things out and you know you want to be able to control the pace of play that's what we've always talked about when it comes to service academy football that it is all about pace of play if you're scoring in two or three plays uh and going through the air that just means that you're going to send your defense which is also a lot smaller than most division one uh groups are and you're going to send them back out on the field to take more punishment. You, you use the, the way that they play with the flex bone or the triple option, uh, you know, whatever you want to call uh, the offense or whichever way you want to ru- run the offense to grind other teams down, to control the pace of play and to keep uh, your offense on the field, moving the ball forward, as opposed to your defense having to run backwards and worry about getting run over. So I, I thought it was the perfect way to get back to core principles and and you could tell that the players took uh, that to heart. And, and, you know, I even, I even, and I will talk with 
Jeff Munkin about uh, about the the preparation for Villanova. You could tell that those that those guys knew. Hey, we got to put this. We got to run this football. There's not going to be a whole lot of throwing today. Yeah, the only thing that wasn't perfect about Saturday, really, outside of the seven penalties that you mentioned, Mike, was, you know, the Jacoby Buchanan injury. You know, he goes out in the first half, doesn't come back, and was on crutches by the end of the game. That's something that we asked, you know, to get a status update on Jacoby Buchanan. They have an off week this weekend before they play Georgia State on October the 1st. We asked Jeff Munkin about that. But, you know, to see Tyson Riley, who still, you know, he was banged up in the preseason, still is not fully healthy, but to come in and give you that kind of performance – on a day when, like you said, uh, Steve, you just wanted to run the football, take control with your offensive line, 472 yards of total offense, which was all on the ground. You know, by virtue of that, Army now moves up to number three in the country in rush yards per game. But yeah, it, it was exactly the what the doctor ordered at West Point on Saturday, all in all, to get a win and to get it in a, a convincing fashion. One, one point on uh, coaching adjustments. One thing they did over the weekend, if you notice on Jacoby Buchanan and Tyson Riley, both had runs over 60 yards on those B-back dives. If you'll notice, they were almost trap dives. Uh, Villanova was trying to do the exact same thing that Coastal and UTSA did with clogging up the middle, and both of those guys cut it back. Uh, so they're running the B-back dive, but they, but they cut it back to the left just like it's a trap. So that was a great coaching adjustment, anticipating – that uh, Villanova would do the same thing that Coastal and UTSA were successful with, making a minor adjustment that really paid off and allowed that inside run game to get going. So, you know, the, the players did really well adjusting and getting better, and the coaching staff made some fine-tuned adjustments that really enabled that offense. Steve, what do you got? Yeah, I was I was just going to mention, you you talked about the coaching adjustments made, but that also, you got to give credit to the left side of the offensive line and the center for being able to pop out because with those trap blocks, You've got the the guard and the tackle blocking dot blocking in, and then the center blocking down and being able to open up that gap. and And you have to be able to have that's that's incredible timing. That that's all done with a whole lot of experience on that line. And so you got to give a lot of credit to those players for being able to take that adjustment uh, adjustment in, in quick time and and being able to uh, to make those plays work. All right, we got to give out some game balls from Saturday. But before we do, reminder just to, to, to download, listen, subscribe. Folks, we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. It is filled, packed full of your college football news, interviews, so much more. Pigskin and burnt ends, the Big 12, the Big 10, Florida football insiders, our friend Matt Zemick with Get Off My Pylon. Guys, I mean, there is an array of of shows you can listen to on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network that we're a part of this season. Just go to the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, if you are not an Apple user. Uh, it's that easy. Just search College Gridiron Coast to Coast, search Yards and Stripes. It will come up, and you will just be loaded every single day with podcasts that are being delivered right to your feed so you can keep up on the latest in college football all around the country, but certainly – here on Yards and Stripes as we come to you every single Tuesday with a brand new episode, Army, Navy, and Air Force. That is what we do. Now it's time to get out some game balls. We'll take a step away, and then when we come back, we're going to do that. And also my friend Mike's going to tell us about Ticket Smarter when we come back here on Episode 4 of Yards and Stripes. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here once again are Price, Steve, and Mike. 
time to give out some game balls. Before we do that, Mike, tell us about our friends at Ticket Smarter. Absolutely, Price. We know that with the season cranked back up, our fans are looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices. We want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know that buying college football tickets online requires trust, and Ticket Smarter has partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as their official ticket resale partner. And with the best selection of NCAA football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live and in person. Purchase your tickets today securely and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or TicketSmarter.com. And we've got an additional offer for those listening to all of our podcasts on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network. Take 5% off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off your order of $100 or more. And that code isn't just for a one-time use. Nope. Use our code as many times as you want this season for the best selection of college football seats to the biggest and best games. Check out the selections and the pricing now with a Ticket Smarter app or at TicketSmarter.com. And remember our code GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, use Ticket Smarter. I'm smarter just hearing that, Mike. Appreciate you uh, bringing that to everybody. Time to give out some game balls real quick. As soon as we, at, right after we do this, we will be bringing you the interview that we did with Coach Jeff Munkin. But since Steve not only is he a co-host, producer makes us all three sound smarter, we're going to let Steve fire first with his game ball first. Yeah, it also helps that my game was first this weekend <laughs> as my, my, uh, my game ball is going to go to Hizik Daniels of Air Force. I know the Falcons lost in Laramie on Friday, but that could have been a lot worse. And he had two second-half touchdowns to give the Falcons the lead. He did his job to try and come out of Laramie 3-0. and Unfortunately, the, the defense was not able to close things out and finish off the job, but two second-half touchdowns to try and get Air Force a victory over Wyoming. And so... My game ball goes to Zeke Daniels, the quarterback of Air Force. All right, Mike, fire away. No surprise here. I'm going with Tyson Riley. His numbers were good, 21 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown, but it was more about the role he played in Army getting back to basics. Army normally is deep at the B-back position. They are not this year. It's really a two-man show with Buchanan and Riley. Buchanan goes out injured after the first drive, really in the first uh, five or six plays. So it was really down to Riley to carry that B-back position all game long, and he did so with authority. Again, 158 yards, and he had that crucial third down conversion, carrying about five guys on his back. So more than the numbers, really the role he played in a linchpin position. My game ball goes to Tyson Riley uh, from the Army offense. All right, I'm going to stay at West Point, gentlemen. I'm going to go with Army sophomore slot back and punt returner Tyrell Robinson. Remember, he had a big play down at uh, Myrtle Beach in the opener against Coastal. Well, he had a big one in the fourth quarter there as it was a big fourth quarter for the Black Knights. It put the stamp on this win with three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but it was the middle one, Tyrell Robinson, an electric punt return going 73 yards to the house in the fourth quarter that made it 42 to 10 over Villanova on Saturday. Guys, the first punt return for the Black Knights returned for a touchdown since 2007. 15 years is a long time. I know that doesn't sound like a long time, especially 
when you don't have a lot of punts returned in college football, it seems like these days, much less kickoffs. But 2007, the first Army punt return for a touchdown, it was 73 yards for Tyrell Robinson on Saturday. He's going to get my game ball. All right, let's get out of here. We got to bring you Army head coach Jeff Munkin. The three of us, we caught up with him a little bit earlier. And we're going to bring you that interview next right here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football as we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes, Service Academy football. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes. Bryce Atkinson here joined by my co-host Mike Loveall and Steve Carney. But most importantly, we're joined by Jeff Munkin, the head coach of the Army Black Knights in his ninth season at West Point. Coach, congratulations. I, I know you said it afterwards it's about the players becoming the second winningest coach all time in, in Army history. But, you know, the, the big thing, I, I know it just feels good to pray to exhale after the taste of victory for the first time this season. It, it absolutely felt good to, to get a victory. We were desperate for a win, uh, particularly after losing to, to really – I think really good football teams. Coastal Carolina's got an outstanding team. That quarterback is really special. And UTSA, just loaded with athletes, well coached, went to overtime, and it was disappointing to start that way. And and uh, so we were, we just frankly were very desperate for a victory. And our guys went out and played really well on Saturday, and we were glad to come out on top. So uh, there is a kind of a sense of relief and a, and a chance to just kind of exhale a little bit after you get that first win of the year. Hey, Jeff, it's Steve Carnier. We joked on the show about the passing performance against UTSA because of how unusual of a game plan that was. But it was effective against the Roadrunners. And as you mentioned, you nearly got a victory out of it. Did you or the coaching staff even have to say anything to the players, though, in the week leading up to Villanova that they needed to get back to what the core principles are for Army football to win? No, I think just collectively as a team, we realized that we needed to play more of a, uh, a complementary game that fits us. And we, we weren't winning the time of possession. We weren't controlling the ball by, by running the ball on offense. It, it still counts the same as you score in two plays on a pass play or it's 22 plays on an 11-minute drive. It counts the same if you, if you get seven points. But what, what we weren't doing was we weren't answering – those touchdowns with a defensive stop in the second half, uh, particularly against UTSA and, and, and the same thing happened against coastal Carolina. And, and so we, we, we had opportunities to win the game. Um, we made some big plays to, to score touchdowns or put us in position for touchdowns. We just didn't do a great job of answering. And then when, when the defense uh, gave up a touchdown, we as an offense needed to then put together another drive and, and it would have been nice to take one of those drives after, after a score and just march it down the field, 10, 11, 12, 15 plays, whatever, and control the clock. And we usually play really well when we're doing that. It, it allows our defense to play far fewer plays and, and we stay fresh and that's a good formula for us here. We weren't able to follow that the first couple of weeks. Obviously, a lot of that had to do with the caliber of the teams we were playing, but did a much better job of that on, on Saturday. We're talking with Army head coach Jeff Munkin, coming off the 49-10 to win over Villanova. And, Coach, uh, you know, 
I know that getting those fullbacks, those B-backs going had been tough in those first couple games. Um, you got them on track, the, you know, got them going this weekend. I mean, Tyson Riley had a fantastic game. Did did getting that perimeter, the the pitch and the, the triple option, did that really help start opening the inside, um, you know, not just for your, your, your B-backs, but also Ty here, you know, being able to carry the football going up the middle? If we can be balanced – with with where we distribute the ball, I think we're we're going to be better. Um, certainly, getting some some plays on the perimeter and getting the ball to the edge and forcing the linebackers to to have to add to the perimeter with with the motions and the and the sweeps and those kinds of things are are good for getting the the B back going. But the bottom line is those guys up front got to move the line of scrimmage. They got to move the defensive sure. linemen. They got their hand in the dirt across from them, and we did that better. Um, yeah, I thought Tyson really had some good runs. He broke some tackles and, and ran really well for a guy that, that isn't completely healthy. He's still injured, got injured in preseason camp and, and hasn't looked great, but mm-hmm. he, he really carried the load for us on Saturday. We hit some big plays with the B backs and that added mm-hmm. to the yards, but we got the, we got the perimeter game going probably as good as we have this year. And uh, I hope we'll be able to continue that. You know, and speaking of B-backs, I know Jacoby went out. Uh, Jacoby Buchanan went out in the first half, didn't return. Um, the bye week certainly going to do nothing but help him. But do you have, you know, anything else on his status ahead of the Georgia State game on October 1st? Any word on, on if you'll have him available here, you know, in the next game, if not later in, in this month? We don't have any word yet. He's being evaluated by our medical staff today. And, you know, fortunate we've got uh, we've got access to – MRIs and x-rays and all those things that will allow us to be able to find out what's really going on. And, you know, if, if, if something needs to be done, then we'll do it. And, yeah. and hopefully uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that, you know, it's just a sprain or, or a pull or something that's, uh, mm-hmm. that, that is going to mean less invasive action, which, which will result in a, in a quicker return. So we'll, we'll see, we'll know something here in the next 24 hours, 48 hours or yeah. so. Hey, Coach Mike Lovall here. I want to talk about Andre Carter. He's such a talented player, and there's a potential for him to be a high-round draft pick out after the season. Can you talk about what makes Andre special? And then second, when you have a guy like that who has the potential to get drafted in the top two or three rounds, do you try to help him by showcasing some of his versatility on game tape, like having him drop in coverage or do more in run defense, or do you stick to a base plan? How do you handle having a bona fide superstar uh, on defense? What makes him such a good player is his work ethic. He he works incredibly hard, both on the field and off the field. He, there's not a guy on our team that spends more time with his coaches, watching film and coming in on his own. And you'll you'll pass by the meeting rooms and see him in there sitting in front of the computer rolling the tape. And he's a he's a really hard worker and and uh, and a very talented player. What we can only do so much with one guy uh he's got to play within the defense which is what's great about andre he's he's an incredibly unselfish player Uh, but even last year we tried to find ways to get him in position where he could rush the passer and make plays he's he's six seven 260 pounds and runs really well and has great hands and 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 matches up uh against pass protectors pretty well so we try to create opportunities for him to do that. That's that's only wise to do that for our team. He'll help our team win if we can do that. And 
Nate Woody does an incredible job of, of kind of uh, manufacturing those opportunities for him. Coach Mike here, I'll ask you one more. A lot has changed at West Point since you've taken over nine years ago. Uh, the administration has invested in the football program. As the landscape of college football seems to be changing weekly, what does West Point and Army football have to do to make sure the program positions itself where it wants to be in major college football? We need to be West Point, and mm-hmm. we need to not compromise our our ideals and our mission. It's what it it's what makes us who we are and college football has been changing since, since I've been a part of college football as a player, as a coach, my entire career, college football has been changing. Uh, what, what doesn't change is West point. And there's a, there's a value system here. There's a, uh, there's a, a, a way that, that we go about training these young men and women to lead mm-hmm. and, it, it, it's challenging. Um, there's nothing easy about the experience here, but what they gain from from being in this competitive cauldron amongst some of the nation's best students and some of the most competitive people is is, is, a, is strength of character and a strength in leadership that can't be gained through any other experience. And because our guys go through that every day, I think we can continue to be who we are and play with a play with a certain style and a temperament and a personality as a team that's different and uh, and there's a camaraderie and loyalty here among the guys on this football team that's uncommon and and just not found in very many locker rooms and that that allows us to be our best as a team. You know, talented players are great. Mm-hmm. We 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 want to have talented guys on our football team and. Everybody's recruiting the most talented guys they can find, and we are too. But a, 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 a great football team can beat an extremely talented football team if that talented football team doesn't play great as a team. So uh, it, 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 the, best, the best teams win. It's not the mm-hmm. best players or the most talented players that win. The best teams win, and, and I think we can still be uh, a program that can field a really good football team on Saturdays and compete with anybody in college football. Continue with Army head coach Jeff Munkin and, and coach, you, you know, you just you just said it like, you know, the mission obviously is never going to change to to recruit the best of the best students, student athletes and develop, you know, future leaders in the United States Army. And, you know, I, you know, with regard to, you know, some of these issues and things that continue to change across college football like the transfer portal, you know, NIL, does, you know, coaches always talk about a lot of times having to re-recruit a roster. Are any of those issues, like, you know, transfer portal and NIL, is that an issue at all for you guys and your staff at, at West Point? We don't we don't uh, really have to deal with either one of those uh, very mm-hmm. much. The, the transfer portal is open. Our mm-hmm. guys can enter the transfer portal, and like other colleges, we can – we can recruit from the transfer portal. What is so unique right. about the, the service academies is that when when a student comes to school here, whether they're just graduating from high school or they've been at another college for a year or two or three mm-hmm. years or whatever, they come here and start over as a freshman or as a plebe, and their right. experience starts. And, and because of that, there's not often um, – a real desire by a lot of young men or women who are who are seeking a new 
school to go and 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 play sports and and like 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 they do in the in the transfer portal traditionally yeah. i got to start over as a freshman none of my credits will transfer uh yeah. and 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 so it really becomes a a one way door and and that's mm-hmm. and that's going in the transfer portal what what has been so impressive to me and this speaks to the loyalty that our guys have for each mm-hmm. other and for this place the guys that go into the transfer portal here are are those that have struggled academically. Uh, mm-hmm. Our guys don't want to leave. They they yeah. they 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 love being a part of this team. I think people like being part of of something that's that's special, and they like to accomplish things with other human beings. It's just it's part of our our makeup. It's how we were engineered and to be a mm-hmm. part of something bigger than yourself, to be a part of a group of people that's special, that where you feel loved and you feel like you can contribute and serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something special. And we've got that here. And so we've got some really good players. We talked about Andre Carter. Andre Carter could have gone to the transfer portal and probably gone to any mm-hmm. power five school he wanted to, but he, in it, the subject never came up. He, yeah. He just he, he loves his team and loves his teammates and uh and that goes for the rest of the guys here. So really a special place and and uh just excited about these guys and, and this team and and uh and the fact that they do remain loyal. And then with the with the NIL NIL, um because of of our affiliation with the Army and technically our guys are all in the Army, they can't yeah. have a side job. So they can't accept payment for yeah for endorsements and those kinds of things while they're here at West Point. And that's just part of the deal. Uh, yeah. We've got prospects that'll ask about it. You know, how does NIL work? And we're very frank with them. But I, my, my, my hope is that they will realize that you can, you can go somewhere and get an NIL deal as a college athlete. And, and when you're done with college athletics, that, that, endorsement deal is going to be gone and you will then be you'd be like everybody else you got to take yeah. the degree that you have and 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 who you are and what you've learned and go try to to make a living and have a career and what the benefits of the of a West Point degree when when someone associates associates their name with this brand with the West Point brand that's an NIL deal for a lifetime. They are they're going to reap the benefits of that 5 years from now, 10 years from now, 25 years from now for a lifetime. And the the leadership positions and the the opportunity to to serve and to influence others uh to to impact the lives of others lasts mm-hmm. a lifetime when you graduate from West Point. So so that that far outweighs to me anything that you could earn in an NIL deal as a college athlete. All right, coach, last question for me before I let Steve wrap us up. I, you know, I've, I've known you for a long time, uh, probably going back about 20 years. <clears throat> you know, I, you know, I know it's probably nice to be mentioned for other jobs by national pundits and, and things like that. But is there, is there any part of you that ever, I, I know you're committed to where you're at and everything like that and your players and what you're doing, but is ever, you know, do you ever think about, you know, testing, I'd like to test myself against the SEC or the Big Ten, your offense, your coaching staff, your ability to recruit, you know, all that stuff, you know, test yourself at one of these 
Power Five schools or one of these, you know, big time conferences. Does do you ever think about that? Like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, prove these guys. I'd like to show what I got. I think anybody in any profession uh, measures themselves against the best in that profession. What you guys do, what I do, what businessmen, lawyers, doctors, teachers, whoever. Um, but I've got an opportunity to do that as a coach at West Point. I love being the coach at West Point. Yeah. We've gotten to play, uh, oh my goodness, in, in, the, in the Big 12, we've played West Virginia, uh, Oklahoma. Um, mm-hmm. We've played Missouri in the SEC. We've played Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State, Rutgers in the Big Ten. We've played Duke, Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it goes on and on. We're, we're going to play LSU next year, uh, Syracuse, Wake Forest again. We've got Notre Dame, Kansas State coming up on the schedule. We get, I get a chance to do that as a West Point yeah. coach. And sure. to, to challenge myself as a recruiter, I don't know that there is any place more challenging to recruit to than West Point. Yeah. So yeah. if we can recruit here and we can recruit a guy that's got a chance to be a first-round draft pick after this season in Andre Carter, and we've put four guys on NFL rosters in the last three years. We're developing talent. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think we're proven that you know the challenge is here and that, that – we're able to do it as good as anybody in the country now. You know, we don't we don't have a, a talent roster like Georgia and Alabama and places mm-hmm. like that. They they have a different recruiting pool. But what we do is find the guys that are a fit for West Point, recruit them to come yep. to school here, and develop that talent, and and put together a good team. And so everything I want in this profession, everything I got into this profession for, is right here and. I get to serve I get to serve this nation in a way that's very unique as a football coach. I, maybe one of the great regrets of my life is that I never served in the military, but in mm-hmm. in my own way, it's an opportunity for me to serve the army and to, and to to build and and develop the next generation of leaders for our army who are are going to go into some of the most difficult of circumstances. With, with soldiers and lead them, and I know that my influence as a, as a leader here will affect mm-hmm. them and how they lead. Yeah. So I, I, nobody's got it better than me. I got a great sure. job. I love it here. And but I, I think all of us, you know, we 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 work in our careers and we we try to be the best we can be. Who doesn't Who doesn't want to measure themselves against the best? And and the great thing about West Point is I feel like I get to do that every day and every season and there's always new challenges which is what drives me is the challenges and so mm-hmm. we're we're just we're having a great time doing this and we've had some success hopefully we'll have we'll have some more and coach i can i can see mike now uh on the line smiling i'm smiling as well uh, at that answer uh, so i just wanted to say amen to that my last question with your next opponent coastal uh georgia state hosting coastal carolina this Saturday, I'm sure that's going to be a must-watch for you and your staff. But I'm curious about what a bye week looks like for you, and how has that changed since becoming a head coach at a service academy? 
for me personally, um, it, it, it gives me a chance to kind of recharge and reset and, and, and look at where we're at, evaluate where we're at at this point in the season and, and try to find the things that we most need to pay attention to in order for us to move forward and to improve. And, and so I, I really just take this week and we're going to practice and meet and prepare for that game against Georgia state. Mm-hmm. But it's also an evaluation of where we're at as a program and as a team this year. And, and, and so I do that. Um, I think uh, probably in my experience, just, having done this now for, for several years and being a head coach that when we have a bye week carefully looking at, at how we can best position our players for for success from a mental and physical standpoint, what time we use to meet, to lift, to practice, how much rest we give them. Uh, probably younger days in my career, I treated it like preseason camp and we would just grind that first week uh, of, of the buy, of the buy, so that you got a two week, a two week preparation. The first week was just really physical and 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 a lot of hard hitting and fundamentals. And I realized that you know, we do a lot of those things in practice anyway. And mm-hmm. we've got a team that's physically prepared. We got a team that's in in great condition. What we need to do is make sure that we teach the fundamentals continue to hone in on those things that, that make a difference on every play and every game and, and allow them to, to recharge and reset themselves. Um, and, and physically after four and a half weeks of preseason camp and, and three weeks of, of, of games, those guys are fatigued and there's, there's nicks and bruises and injuries and, and nagging things that, if, if we can get those guys to a healthier place physically and mentally right now, that's going to help us for the next four or five games as we go through the season until we have another bye. And, uh, and so we're, we're just, we're, we're very calculating in terms of what we do and, and how much time we spend on the practice field and all those things. Well, coach, it's an honor to get, uh, to get a few minutes with you today to catch up and, and talk to you again. Um, you know, look, uh, it was great seeing you a couple couple months ago, but more than anything, I hope to see you. We hope we hope to see you a little bit later down the road this season. Just thanks for your time and, and appreciate everything to talk some Army football today, Coach. I look forward to it, and uh, I appreciate the time and the opportunity, guys. I'm always glad to talk Army football. All right, that was head coach Jeff Munkin of the Army Black Knights. Told us some good, some interesting stuff there as they're heading into this bye week before they return to host Georgia State on Saturday, October the 1st, gentlemen. What jumped out real quick? I'll tell, I'll tell you what jumped out for me. And, and I, I guess this is just the enlisted guy in me uh, mm-hmm. listening to him. But that's a guy that you can tell that people want to walk, want to run through walls for. You know, you listen to him. That's the sort of guy that I would certainly want to run through a wall for. I, I, I feel like that's the kind of motivator and a leader that young men want to play for. 
Uh, yeah, for me, Price, I think, uh, you know, it, it, what stood out for me, and, and this is not new to anybody, but I, I think he's the right guy for that team, the right guy yeah. for that institution. I, I guess, you know, as an editorial disclaimer, I'm, I'm a graduate of West Point, so I, I should probably put that out there. But but I think everybody who knows about football and everybody who knows about Service Academy football can, can tell that he is the right guy for that team, the right guy for that program, and the right guy uh, for the military academy. Uh, like like Steve said, the, the players love him. His understanding of the fact that he gets to influence uh, men and women who will lead going forward at the you know in the army and in in national level activities uh, mm-hmm. kind of stands out to me. And it, just the appreciation of of leadership at a uh, that is materially different than the leadership that goes on at other. Um, other football programs where, you know, a lot of great coaches out there and a lot of them understand that they're developing men to be good husbands, good citizens, good fathers. Uh, but, at, but at West Point and at Navy and Air Force uh, to a certain degree, you know, those coaches are doing that plus the leadership for future officers of our military. So, so mm-hmm. I think just what strikes, to, what stands out to me and it stands out again is he is the right guy for that job. To, to a certain dis- degree, I hear, I, I I get the little dig on Navy. <laughs> I, I I get I get that little joke, but 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 you're absolutely right. And, and I I like to use this point when it comes to service academy football players. You know, there Tim Tebow was a great is a great person, a great leader, a great football player. But there's only one. But he's like a once in a generation guy at a major college football team yep so at army at navy and air force they get they have 85 of those guys of that caliber every single year imagine having 85 tim tebow's on your team that's the way that the black knights the midshipmen and the falcons have it every single year and that's why everybody loves to to root for them all right appreciate eric in the sports information director's office at army helping to make that interview happen and certainly thank Coach Munkin for his time. All right, when we come back, we've got the Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment. Got a few news and notes to pass along. And then, when the, then we got two games. We got a preview, Navy and Air Force in action this weekend. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, at Yards and Stripes. We will post the episodes and a lot more there on our Twitter and Facebook pages at Yards and Stripes, but when we come back, the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll, where we honor a fallen hero who has given the ultimate sacrifice. We'll be right back. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Manion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, if not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Manion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. Welcome back into Yards and Stripes, Service Academy Football, and you know it's time for our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment where we honor and remember one who has given the ultimate sacrifice. And we know that there's a whole lot more life than football. Football is just a game. Um, But we like to take this time to just remember those some of these individuals many many though have given that ultimate sacrifice but we we take a step back to honor remember 
you know, just some uh, that have given that ultimate sacrifice for our nation, for our freedoms, for us to continue to do what we do on a daily basis because we know that freedom is not free. And this week we're going to remember Specialist Matthew June from the United States Army. Matthew was born April the 28th, 1972 in Wintersville, Ohio. Uh, but Matt passed away at age 43 on October the 22nd, 2015, after a short battle with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. But Matt served in the Army right out of high school, was a military policeman stationed at Fort Devens in Massachusetts, and then later in Panama, where in Panama he did private security detail for the general right after Operation Just Cause. But in 2009, he was diagnosed with ALS, a fatal disease. But even with that death sentence, Matt continued to serve his community as an ALS advocate, opening his home to other ALS patients, advocating on the behalf of those who could not advocate you know, for themselves, raising awareness for the disease. And while Matt didn't pass away uh, during or because of his military service, he, he did pass away because of it. And unfortunately, uh, ALS was that cause on October the 22nd, 2015. And Matt's wife, Jackie, said, quote, Matt was known at the ALS clinic for his humor. He would wear a funny shirt, crack jokes with the various therapists and medical professionals, and would always make fun of his disease. But because of his humor, he was a terrific leader. He organized groups of people for an ALS walk. He was always bringing people together for various reasons, was a leader on and off the field growing up, and everyone in the patient community looked up to him. And the Travis Manion Foundation honored and remembered uh, Matthew June for his character strengths of bravery, humor, and leadership. And if you're inspired by Matthew June's story, you can honor him with local acts of service by getting involved with the Travis Manion Foundation online or in your local community at travismanion.org. Heroes Runs, 9-11 Heroes Runs are going on right now across the country in communities, a community I'm sure near you. And you can find out about a 9-11 Heroes Run that you can run, walk, um, honor a, a fallen member, somebody that you may know, somebody you may not know, somebody that might be the name of Matthew June. Uh, but we just appreciate the Travis Manning Foundation for partnering with us on this important segment where we honor and remember those that have given that ultimate sacrifice for our nation. Travis Mannion Foundation's 9-11 Heroes Run 5K Race Series unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the war since. Join your community this September and register to run, walk, or rock by visiting 911heroesrun.org. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and stripes continues. Here once again are Price, Steve, and Mike. All right, final segment here on Yards and Stripes, Episode 4, Service Academy Football. Again, we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Search for us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify at Yards and Stripes, College Gridiron Coast to Coast. It is easy to find, packed with all kinds of great college football podcasts to keep you busy all week long until Saturday game days. All right, a couple news notes to pass along real quickly. Uh, today being Monday, uh, the Air Force Academy announcing that the 2023 Army Air Force game will be played on Saturday, November the 4th. But it will be played at Mile High Stadium in Denver. Relocation of the game means that the renovation to Falcon Stadium's east side, they will begin at the end of this season. And just a reminder, the 2022 game played this season will be played November 5th at Globe Life Field 
in Arlington, Texas. So the 2023 game, Army and Air Force, that one will be played at Mile High Stadium in Denver. No time, no kickoff time has been announced yet, but you can go to the Air Force website and find out a lot more information. But also making news is that renovation to the east side of Falcon Stadium going to begin immediately after this season, guys, with the move in announcement that that game would be played in Denver. Also, Air Force receiving votes again in both polls this week. So a couple notes just to pass along real quickly as we've got two games to preview for you this weekend as I'm joined again by Steve Carney and Mike Lovell, my co-hosts all season long. I'm Price Atkinson. Navy at East Carolina, the first game that we've got on Saturday, guys, a 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. Navy 0-2 overall, 0-1 in the American, while East Carolina is 2-1. This will be their conference opener for the Pirates, who are giving 17 points, the last I've seen, the 10th all-time meeting between these two schools in a series that Navy leads 7-2, but the midshipmen are also 4-0 all-time in Greenville, North Carolina. Last year, um, Navy getting a very, very close win. Uh, excuse me, East Carolina getting that close win in Annapolis, 38-35 to on a 54-yard field goal by Owen Daffer. I was getting a little tongue-tied there because Owen Daffer is, I don't want to say he's responsible because I will never say that in college football, but the one loss that guys East Carolina has had was to NC State. And Daffer missing an extra point and a 41-yard field goal in the fourth quarter. That allowed number 13 NC State to get a 21-20 win over East Carolina. So 2-1 and one with their only blemish to the number 13th ranked NC State Wolfpack by one. This is going to be a tall order for the midshipmen going in there on Saturday. Steve? Yeah, I certainly think so. And you look at what East Carolina has done so far this year. They lost by one at home to uh, NC State, who is now a top 15 team. And they've got wins over both Old Dominion and the Campbell Soups. Uh, I, I certainly... <laughs> Uh, you know, I look at uh, the thing that uh, that Navy is going to have to watch out for is East Carolina's running game. You know, they've done a really good job of rushing the football. Keaton Mitchell has almost 400 yards on the ground uh, and uh, is averaging just a shade uh, under four yards a carry. So I, I really do think uh, or excuse me, uh, he's averaging just a, just a shade over over nine yards a carry uh, as uh, as we look here. Um, I, I think that, you know, he, but he's a smaller running back, you know, he's five, nine, and, and I think probably like a hundred and I think he's listed at 184 pounds. He's probably closer to 164 pounds without his pads on. That's the sort of running back that I think Navy can handle. And so, uh, while I think that, uh, 17, uh, is a little much, uh, I do, I do unfortunately think that, uh, the middies are going to have to wait another week. Uh, to try and uh, get their first win of the season. I would go with East Carolina to win this game, but probably not to cover. Mike? Yeah, I, I agree with Steve. I think uh, East Carolina presents, I think East Carolina presents a, a significant problem for the Navy defense. They're a top 35 nationally in both passing and rushing yards. Very balanced offense. Holt Naylor's the quarterback there, uh, is averaging about 
279 a game. Uh, so, so strong, balanced offense there. Their defense probably isn't as good as their offense. So Navy will have an opportunity. Again, it's uh, <coughs> Navy's first road game. So I think when you're talking the line being 17, I think that probably that has something to do with it. Uh, East Carolina, probably an underrated place. Uh, for a home field advantage, uh, when, yes. you, when you go to East Carolina, that that's a pretty for a for a school that doesn't have a national reputation. That's a pretty hard place to play. You'll have a little bit of weather to deal with as well. They look really good against NC State, just like Steve said. But here's the thing for Navy: a uh, lot of pressure on this game for Navy because if you if you don't win this when you go to zero and three, and you've got Air Force the following week on the road. And then uh, you get Tulsa at home, so you're thinking that might be your only opportunity for a win. Then you go to Dallas to see SMU. Houston comes in, and then uh, you get another Temple game. Then Cincinnati, Notre Dame, UCF. So if you don't win this game, you're staring two and eleven, or I'm sorry, you're staring uh, two and nine down the barrel going into the Army game. So this is a there's a lot of pressure on Navy to win this and build a little bit of momentum. I published an article this week about coaches on the hot seat. And if you see a loss at East Carolina, you know, I put I put Nia Montalolo in that article, that hot seat's going to get a little bit hotter for him. I know he's been there 16 years. I know he's there all time winning as coach. But there's a lot of pressure on this game, particularly when you look at what's coming in the barrel for the rest of the season for the mids. A couple similarities with these teams. Uh, very strong rushing defenses. Navy giving up just 52 yards a game on the ground. East Carolina just giving up 83 per game also two of the least penalized teams in the country but I think it was Mike you mentioned it you know a potent backfield with uh, Holt Naylor's at quarterback and then a couple running backs in, in Keaton Mitchell I believe who averages just shy at 10 yards a carry yeah just uh, over nine then, yeah Raja Harris uh, number 23 total offense in the country at 495.3 but the Pirates are one of 23 teams this season in division one um, in the FBS that have not lost a fumble all season. Granted, we're only a couple games into it, but they are one of 23 teams that have not fumbled the football and lost it this season. So yeah, and, and, keep an, and keep an eye that Navy is what minus seven in the turnover ratio so far this year through, through two games. It's, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah. And East Carolina is strong in the takeaway game. So that's another thing to look at, but I'm with you guys. I, I, I think that East Carolina gets the win. Navy could play this game close. It could be a little bit closer than we think, you know, because a couple things that you guys talked about, um, you know, especially Navy's rushing defense, but you got to be able to get off the field on third down. We'll see if they can. I just think that there's no way that, that East Carolina uh, gives this one up and Navy finds a way to win it. But I could see Navy possibly covering Again, the line at 17 uh, right now as we talk about it early in the week. All right, our other game this weekend, Nevada going to Colorado Springs. The Wolfpack 2-2. Two and two. This is going to be the Mountain West Conference opener for Nevada. Air Force 2-1, and 0-1 oh in the Mountain West. This is an 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff on Fox Sports 1. Air Force giving 24 points, the seventh all-time meeting between these two teams. All the meetings as conference foes in the Mountain West in a series that the Falcons lead four to two overall. They're also two and one in the Springs. Air Force also has won three out of the last four in the series going back to 2014, Mike. 
Yeah, I, I, I like Air Force in this game. Uh, I, I would take the money line no matter how big it is. Uh, t- 24 is a big number for Air Force. Yeah. Uh, having said that, Nevada is not very good. Uh, their offense is ranked in the uh, 116th for passing yards and then 88 for rush yards. So their offense isn't very good. They haven't had a good start to the season. Um, uh, they they eked by New Mexico State, which is not not a powerhouse. Uh, they won against Texas State. They lost to FCS Incarnate Word by two touchdowns. Uh, that's a small school there in San Antonio. And then they got uh, blanked at Iowa last week, 27 nothing. So the odds makers are basically saying the Air Force should beat them about the same as Iowa beat them. I like Air Force here. I I think. Uh, I don't think Air Force covers because I think late in the game, Air Force will have some reserves in. I think you might see Nevada uh, have a backdoor cover on that. But I, I'm I'm uh, I, I'm comfort, comfortable taking Air Force on the money line because Nevada, I don't think, is a very good team. Steve? Steve, Steve let me, hold on. Let me put this into context again, why we're talking about a 24-point difference in Nevada not being very good. Like Mike just mentioned, uh, the Wolfpack lost at home to Incarnate Word a FCS team in a game that they led by two touchdowns. Now, Incarnate Word is pretty good. They're ranked number nine in FCS, which is which is strong. Still should not win that football game. And then last week, I think if anybody's watched any Big Ten football, you know how offensively challenged Iowa is. Well, Iowa beat them 27 nothing last weekend in a game delayed three times, three hours and 56-minute delay, a game that ended at 1.39 in the morning, I think after starting at 6 p.m., um, that's not a recipe to be very good, uh, Steve Carney. No, it certainly isn't. And by the way, the money line on this is Nevada minus forty five hundred. Wow, <laughs> so that's how that's how much uh, the uh, the pundits and the sharps Ooh. don't want you betting on air on, on Air Force in this game. And yeah, I remember it was not that long ago that Nevada was thought to be one of the uh, one of the programs in the Mountain West that people could kind of hang their hat on. Brian Polian was their head mm-hmm. coach. The, the son of Bill Polian was coaching uh, at uh, at Nevada in Reno. And you you saw you sort of saw I was like, OK, the Wolfpack are a team that looks like they're on the ascendancy. Eh, not so much anymore. And so, yeah, I, I agree. This this team's offense is uh, to, to use a, a, a mighty big college word putrid. Uh, is is the is the word that I would probably use for this offense, and let's face it, the 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 Falcons uh, are certainly going to want to try and put a hurting on the Wolfpack after what happened in Laramie uh, last weekend. So I, I certainly think that they've got a whole lot uh, to to play for here, and they're going to want to make a statement here to say, hey, don't forget about us here in in this Mountain West uh, division. We we want to be able. To, to have an opportunity to, to go on and play in the, in the conference championship. And it starts with a beating of, of Nevada. I shouldn't ask a couple uh, football diehards a trivia question because I know uh, everybody will get it right. But what was the offense that was popularized by former Nevada head coach Chris Alt? Chris Alt, the Chris. offense popularized by him? Yes. Uh, well, it wasn't the pistol because that, that predates him, but that isn't that what they ran when Ka- Kaepernick was there? Kaepernick was it, there, it was the pistol, it was developed oh. by a couple coaches in California, but he was the one that really popularized it when he ran at Nevada Reno. So, yes, okay. it was the pistol. Okay. Um, 
and this was one of these games last year where it was, you know, a typical Mountain West shootout, triple overtime, 41 to 39 that Air Force uh, won behind DeAndre Hughes and 208 yards along with two touchdowns. Um, I, I, did, I don't see it being this kind of a shootout that it's going to go that high. I think if there's any kind of shootout, it's going to be how many points can Air Force score in 60 minutes. But I think you guys are right. I think this is uh, this is certainly an a Air Force, a solid Air Force uh, at worst. Again, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Fox Sports 1, Nevada at Air Force. All right, just a quick reminder before we get out of here. Army on the bye week. Talk with Coach Munkin about it, um, especially there at the end to Steve, you know, ask him about what his plans were during the bye week, how he handles it. But they will be back in action on Saturday, October the 1st against Georgia State. Guys, that'll do it for another episode of Yards and Stripes. Appreciate my guy, Steve Carney, Mike Lovell, and I'm Price Atkinson. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again to Coach Jeb Munkin for joining us this week. Enjoy the games, and don't forget, we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. You can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Just search Yards and Stripes or College Gridiron Coast to Coast, and you will find us right there. Enjoy the games. We will see you next week here on another episode of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. To get more on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And make sure that you're subscribing to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts.